Welcome to the CLT Podcast, a series all about things related to learning and teaching within higher education, brought to you by the Centre for Learning and Teaching at Leeds Beckett University. In this episode, I gain an insight from Ian Truelove about negotiated assessments. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Andy Bedford. I'm an educational developer in the Centre for Learning and Teaching. And I'm Ian Truelove. I'm the course director for BA Illustration and MA Graphic Design. Welcome to the CLT podcast and welcome back, Ian, to the CLT (laughs) podcast once again. Good to have you back again. Thank you very much. And today we're talking a little bit about assessments. Okay, so the the module that we're going to talk a little bit more about is a second year uh, BA Illustration module. So it's a studio module, so very practice focused. Um, and it runs over the first four weeks of second year. Um, I think I was thinking about how to best understand how this module fits into the bigger scheme of things. And I think it's probably worth backtracking a little bit and just talking about our strategy for the first part of first year and second year. Um, and what I wanted to do is really flag up some of the benefits from some of the CLT uh, events that I've been to in the past that have influenced this. So I can remember uh clearly ruth and others talking about how important it was for first years when they first started to have authentic challenging but doable tasks and that was something that's really influenced our thinking for the first part of first year um so one of the things that we do in first year and we will come on second year but it's relevant um is that we've got three 20 credit point modules uh, that sit in our first semester in both first year and second year um, but what we do is we run the first 20 credit point module on its own for the first four weeks in both first year and second year um so and then we introduced the other two 20 credit point modules that run parallel for the rest of the semester so we've got this block of uh, of activity that happens initially um the in first year the f- first 20 credit point module is a pass fail module it's introduction to illustration and we've really tried to bring in that kind of spirit of setting students things that they would expect to do on an illustration course even though they might go on and do very different things later on but initially we hit them with something that seems to match up with their expectations at that stage. Uh, we do a series of one week briefs. So quite quickly we sort of easing them into to doing stuff, making things. Um, we keep the theory module, which comes next out of the way for the first four weeks. So that helps to allay some fears. Art and design students always, aren't always the uh, massive fans of theory. So we kind of keep that out of the way initially. That also gives us a bit of a chance for um, for dyslexia support and things like that to come on board. So it gives us a little bit of breathing space to get that support in place before we start getting them focusing on the writing and the reading and that side of things that arm design students often aren't overly keen on. They kill, they like drawing pictures. <laughs> They're not always yeah, like yeah. reading and writing. So, uh, but what we do do is we introduce things like a library project, but we have a focus on visual image searches. So we start to, to kind of tease them into that as well. Um, so that runs over four weeks because it's only a pass fail module we've got it validated as that that takes some of the kind of grade anxiety out of the way as well initially so they can just focus on getting the first credit points in the bag quite quickly helps them to feel like yeah they're in the right place they've passed something and that's really helped us out in terms of our attrition early on in first year we think that's a a big factor there um because it's only pass fail it's fairly straightforward to to assess it so we've not got the uh, extra work of, of determining the grades so it's kind of threshold yep yeah, that's passed um yeah. so that's quite quick to assess 
Now, that kind of spirit of getting things going quickly and having something achieved in the first few weeks, we also think is important in second year as well. So the module I'm going to talk a little bit more about, uh, again, it's a studio module. Um, one of the things we often find on the creative courses is between first year and third year, there can be a bit of drift in that sort of middle second year. So we want to bring something in a similar sort of spirit where there was some achievement um, that we're getting some credit points under the belt quite quickly and then we're getting some feedback that yeah they were fine they're, they're okay they're in second year they're getting going um, the challenge that we have is because we're running it in, over the first four weeks and we've got a deadline at the end of that what we wanted to do is um, make sure that we could turn the feedback around quickly because it was graded as well it's a little bit more complicated and a bit more time consuming so traditionally you do your written feedback um, it would take time to do that written feedback. You want to would want to make sure that all the all the students are getting the feedback at the same time. So you know whichever student takes the longest to do, everything kind of gets released at the the kind of the slowest possible pace. Um, and again, I remember from CLT events that I've been to learning about uh, the importance of quick turnaround of feedback as well. So this delay to feedback, the longer you delay it, the less effective it is, the less it's taken notice of. Um, and the other problem that we had is that there's nothing in the, the kind of university schedule for, for assessments. There's a big block of assessment in between semester one, semester two. So that's all nicely scheduled in. But if you've got a deadline four weeks in, week five, you're straight into teaching again. You're launching the next two modules. It's quite intense. It's quite a small course, small course team. So we had this dilemma of how do we get feedback turned around quickly um, on that first module? So the students do benefit from that sense that, yeah, they're, they're in second year, they're doing all right, they're getting through. Um, and so one of the things that we we had dabbled with when I used to teach on graphics a few years ago is this idea of doing verbal assessment, verbal feedback. And we had done a few experiments, uh, again, in second year graphics quite a few years ago. So we'd have got a little bit of experience of doing this. So we brought that in. Um, and what we did is we basically arranged in the studio sessions that we had scheduled with the students to um, to sit down with them one at a time, look through the work and essentially involve them in that process of assessment. So we would have the criteria. We did a pro forma sheet uh, that we could scribble on uh, whilst we were talking to the students. So it helped them to understand how we did that assessment that usually happens behind closed doors. So it's really kind of good for them to appreciate you know how tricky that can be when you're making those judgments about creative works in particular um, but it also allowed us to explain and help them to understand specifically in relation to their own work how these criteria points were were kind of translating into our judgments about their work by getting them involved in making their own judgments about their own work as well yeah. so there was a there was a sense that you know we would go well this is how we would assess it this is what i'm seeing in your work here's your evidence um you know what do you see am i missing something so they would feel that they were able to make a bit of a case for certain pit bits so they felt involved in it um but there also was a sense of pushback as well so if they you know rather than quietly kind of crying when they got the written feedback weeks in the future and going they don't understand me uh there was a sense that at the moment where you're making that judgment they could witness that and go actually you know I would argue that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're missing the point about my work that I've done is this bit here. So, you, you know, there's that sense of um, kind of a negotiated assessment, I suppose. But I think what it also did as well is it helped them to appreciate how complex that process is. So there was a bit of a sense that actually when they're in that position of judging the work, not by what they like or what 
they mm. their friends like but what the criteria is they're actually realizing it's a little bit more complex and a bit trickier yeah. um so i think there were some benefits there uh, and i think the other really valuable thing about the approach that we've taken is that you get in in using verbal feedback you get this ability to have tone of voice yeah um i think one of the things that we did find is that how hard we tried with our written feedback uh, there was a lot of misinterpretation of our words because they didn't really get the sense of how we would have delivered it. Um, you know, it's that thing of how you, you know, you might read the word all right, but it could be it's all right, or it could be all right, or, you know, anything in between. There's, there's a lot of different ways that that words can be read. And often by students, they're read in the worst possible, yeah, yeah. most negative possible way. So it allowed you to say, you know, actually, if anything, we were able to del deliver even um sort of sharper critiques because yeah. we can give that turn of voice which says you know we you know you know we we still love you but this stuff is kind of problematic and i think that when you do that face to face um i think students if anything can take even harsher criticism if that's appropriate yeah. um not that it's particularly harsh you as supportive and development as you as you'd expect the students seem to get a bit of ownership then over not just the work that they're submitting, but the actual way that the assessment goes so that they feel um, actually part of that assessment rather than it just being something that is left up to uh, their tutor, their academic, the member of staff looking at it, that they actually, as you say, have a, an ability to to justify the work they're doing, but also maybe get a, a bit of extra explanation as to why it fits in how it fits in against the criteria absolutely i think to have a conversation around it whilst it's in the moment i mean i think it's interesting it sort of maps to our approach to sort of teaching because uh, we're studio based a lot of the time the students are producing the work we're having regular conversations there's right. this sense of witnessing the work being produced in the moment mm. and getting the feedback whilst it's happening so they're getting quite a lot of feed formative feedback as we go along um and there, there was this sense that we we sort of don't like seeing work like when it's too late. Yeah. So, you know, if, if there's work that you haven't seen being produced and then it suddenly lands in a submission folder and you're like, if only I'd have seen this, yeah. I could have just said a couple of words and it would have made all the difference. And so it sort of fits into that overall spirit, which is that we, we like to have much more of a, a, an ongoing dialogue with the students as they're making the work um, right, as opposed yeah. to just sending them off to do it and then judging it when it comes back in. Um, so, so it's really integrated then in the whole learning process by the sound of it is a lot of the time assessment is classed or considered a bit of a bolt on at the end, whereas it sounds like this approach really encourages the students and the staff to think about how assessments sort of integral part of that learning process as they go along and as you say offering little hints and tips or bits of formative feedback throughout that process um allows them to develop that even further yeah it, it feels like it feels more authentic to our teaching approach so we, we'll often say to them you know the the assessment is happening every time we talk to you but it's formative it's developmental it's feed forward it's looking about what you can do before you reach that point where you know then it's it's done and we've got to judge it and work out whether it's worth yeah. the credit points or not and trying to get them to understand the difference there um but i think it, i don't know if it's particularly um relevant to creative courses where you know creative creatives tend to like things to be fluid and they don't really like right. things to be pinned down like them to be open-ended and 
you know, that's great. And so you've got an exhibition and you've got to bring yeah. it all together or you've got a deadline and the client needs something or you've, you've got a deadline and you've got to submit for assessment. So there is this requirement to collapse it down into something definite at certain points. Um, but there's always that inherent tension there as well, where you kind of want it all to be about optimistic possibility. Um, yeah. So that it brings a little bit more of that sort of creative spirit into that fluidity, I suppose, into something that otherwise is often seen as quite mechanical, quite separate from the way that we would do everything else. Um, you know, so it, it just feels like it sort of resonates a lot better with with our general approach to teaching and learning. It sounds like as well, though, it, it could be quite a daunting for our listeners, quite a daunting prospect to set up in the first place and establishing criteria, um, grade weighting and things such as that. How do you go about doing that, Ian? What sort of barriers have you sort of overcome when creating this in the first place, establishing what you're going to set up with this negotiated assessment? So, so what we do, so, so there, there is a process after it. So in terms of the, the, the check-in, the moderation and so on. So we have a kind of post-meeting process as well, where the tutors will right. get together and make sure that there's parity and all the usual checks and balances. Um, but actually, in, in the moment with the student, what we focus on is the learning outcomes. So we look at the learning outcomes of the module. We use those as the, the reference point for the conversation. And what we do is we we kind of basically look at each learning outcome one at a time and we say, kind of, well, to what extent? Where's the evidence that, that kind of satisfies that one? Uh, where can we find that? That's there. That could count against it. And, yeah. and we have like a scribble sheet. So we kind of go kind of roughly where it is. Is it is it kind of towards, uh, you know, we, we, the other thing as well is we, we slightly deviate from the um, standard uh, descriptors that are used in the in the regulations. Okay. Uh, obviously, those things come in properly when we, when we yeah. do it afterwards. We, we're not ignorant of them, um, but just using language that feels a little bit more useful in that conversation. So, so we've got a sheet of paper. We've got a learning outcome, and then we just have a sliding scale from no evidence, uh, unacceptable, acceptable, competent accomplished and exemplary so they're kind of like an equivalent to the usual thing of of kind of satisfactory average above average and excellent but we just found words like average to be more problematic in that particular situation whereas something like competent you know you can say well you can be a competent pianist you can be accomplished you know, and then exemplary. So rather than this kind of slightly amorphous, excellent thing, we can go, well, is this something that we would hold up as an example to, you know, the following year to say, this is kind of what you can aspire to do. So it just gives us some words that are more useful as part of a discussion like that. So kind of choosing the words that you would do in that situation with the student, um, but knowing that you've still got the the reassurance that when you do the kind of post um chat with a student and you're doing your moderation you you know you're you're doing what you would normally do as a trained and professional yeah. academic and yeah. you, you kind of understand what that is a little bit more in terms of the jargon but for the students some of that academic speak and the way that we would do um, assessment as trained professionals isn't necessarily appropriate for that situation so it's not about dumbing it down but it's just about helping the students to understand more clearly what that process is by just slightly um, shifting it. So I suppose one of one of the things in coming back to your question is you don't have to do exactly what you would do if you're assessing with your colleagues. You know, you yeah. can do something which is if you think of it more of as as a as part of the assessment process as opposed to a be all and end all, then you can still relax and do what you would normally do 
kind of post interview. This is really about having an, a, an early intervention, having the, giving the students an opportunity to get involved in that process as yeah. part of the assessment team, not as a replacement for you yes. or you replacing what you'd normally do. Um, so it's not chucking the baby out with the bathwater or yeah. the phrases. Um, it's just thinking, could we could we inject this extra little bit in there that might just help us with our assessment? I suppose it's another way of doing it rather than saying, why don't we just get the students to do our job for us? That's, yeah. not, really, that's not what it is. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's quite empowering for the student. And, and I'm wondering, they must be quite receptive to this. It seems like it gives them an opportunity as well to be self-critical, but also to demonstrate strong self-efficacy as well and and be proud of not only the work they're doing, but um, how they're being assessed on it. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's building up important skills. I think that they go out into quite a tough um, uh, environment. The creative industry is quite competitive. I think learning how to um, you know, argue your case and and uh, particularly when you're dealing with clients and you, you're trying to convince people of the how amazing your creative idea is actually to get some practice at, at that where, where there's some sort of stakes there. It's, it kind of feels like it matters just like it would with a client. You're trying to sell them your idea, actually a sense of learning those skills, those negotiating skills of actually pointing out the benefits of your creative works of, um, you know, having a little bit of practice at getting a little bit more articulate and a little bit more confident in those situations so it's part of the kind of professional practice as well I think I mean it might be something to do with the culture of the course and the general sort of approach that we take and whether that's as easily replicable on other courses I'm I'm not sure it is a very informal environment and it is a quite a social environment so it sort of fits in with quite seamlessly into how we would normally do things it seems to kind of fit our approach as I said earlier on um, but it might it might not be directly transferable if if you don't have that same connection I suppose you know some courses are massive and it, you know it's it's very difficult for module leaders with large student numbers to get any sense of uh, you know of that personal connection with students um, so so it would be challenging I think to scale it up in some ways um, yeah. I think it's easier on a smaller more social studio-based creative course. Um, I wish that there are lots of courses across the university that might fit that description a little bit better. Um, but, but you know, sometimes these approaches are just not practical to to adapt to other areas. And you provide feedback. Is that as part of that um, negotiation, that assessment element um, in class there and then? Is that yes. Right? Yeah. So this is an, another part that I nearly forgot to mention, which is that so we do the feedback verbally. What yeah. we do is we hand them the sheet with our scribbles on it and we say, right, now go off right now, go and sit yeah. over there, write up what you understood the feedback to be from me. Yeah. And then we check it. And so you get this sense of, you know, the ability to go, no, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> you know, that's not what <laughs> I meant at all. Uh, you know, what I meant was just have another go. So that, 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 um, there is written feedback that comes out of it but it's them summing up their understanding of what that verbal feedback was yes and i think that's yeah. another thing that is really useful because it's easy to you know we all do it we assume that people they're not in the head we think yeah they 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 get what i'm saying but if you actually test that out if you assess whether they've they've understood it often you find out that they missed something or they, they kind of got the wrong end of the stick so that's quite a useful process as well is just to make sure that they've got clarity about what the feedback actually was. And as you say, that that's straight away, it's there and then. So not only are you giving them that opportunity to receive feedback um, immediately, 
but they you're giving them that chance to process it and then an opportunity as well for you to confirm that they've understood what that feedback is and that sounds like it's really uh, beneficial for future work and future ways of them thinking around other assessments that they may have on the course as well yeah absolutely i mean you know not all most of our assessments are fairly traditional and what you'd expect but i think having gone through this experience early on in second year in particular i think that it gives them that insight it's like they're almost like you know i hope that they have got a little bit more of an understanding of what we will be doing when we do have the blocks of assessment and they're busy doing other things and hopefully it, it, it reassures them that it's not some big magical mysterious secret club that's yeah. going on you know when they're not there um you know uh, so, so hopefully it helps to kind of long-term allay some of their fears around and anxieties around assessment so it sounds like it's really beneficial for the student this sort of way of being assessed for this module um have they said anything back have you what, what sort of um what sort of messages are they giving to you around this assessment? And again, is that different for other modules which are assessed in slightly different ways, as you mentioned? Um, I've not done anything rigorous in terms of testing out their, uh, or evaluating this. Um, it would be useful to do something a little bit more detailed. I mean, it's all anecdotal. Generally, right. you get a vibe of students. You get a sense of when they're um, all right. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're really enthusiastic and congratulating you on what you're doing. They're so expecting you to do it. I think probably what's more noticeable is on the more traditional assessments, you tend to get more um, misunderstanding, more problems that seem to be generated by the received, you know, receiving written feedback kind of two, three weeks after the event. I think that, you know, that's suppose the marked difference is that we don't really seem to have much drama around this yeah. particular method like we might get with a traditional assessment. Yeah. Like, like we'd normally expect to, to get people come back and saying, I don't understand what this means. How come I've got this mark and my friend's got a better mark? You know, all that usual drama that would, you know, occasionally happen yeah. <laughs> in a traditional assessment. There didn't seem to be any of that when we did this last year. What's next with this module? Where does it go now? Well, I think we're keen to do it again this year. We're, we're slightly adapting the submission type. I don't think it it's related to the way that we're doing the assessment. I yeah. think we just want something a little bit more coherent. Last year it was a journal. It was an ongoing journal um, that we kind of reviewed. So we look back over the activities over the four weeks. This year we want them to be a little bit more curatorial. We want them to to, to assemble stuff so that when we have that conversation, you know, they've really, I suppose, they've already had an initial stab at kind of deciding what they think is the best work out of the work that they've done over the four weeks. So it might slightly shift it. So there's a slight development there, but um, we're going to we're going to we're going to take the same approach. What we're discussing at the moment, what we're what we're planning to do is to introduce it in first year as well. So actually to bring it in a little bit earlier, um, we're just getting a feel for the students and um obviously you need to be sensitive to the the cohort personality and and i think uh, um i think responding to to who you've got in the room once you get to know them a little bit better you get a better sense of how whether it's too early to do it whether you want to do it a little bit later on so um when we get closer to the time uh, we'll make a decision on whether we're going to also do this uh, in, on that fifth fifth week of first year um we're, we're debating it in the team at the moment i think um i think 
thinking about where this approach might be applicable to other parts of the course as well, I think is the next stage. So right. is this something that we could do, um, you know, in the intersemester time? Is it something we've got a portfolio review week, which is in the calendar, which is the intersemester week? Um, and I think there's various, we've got a little bit of flexibility there out kind of outside between the two semesters to, to do something a little bit more negotiated, whether it's negotiated or whether it's just more dialogue based feedback. Yeah. Um, so that that's where our heads are at the moment is between the first half and second half of the years. Um, what might we do in that slither in between that might just help to join the two halves together? I like to ask the people on our podcast to set a challenge to our listeners. I wonder if you could set a, a challenge to the CLT podcast listeners based upon what we've been talking about today. I mean, I suppose one of the biggest challenges that we've found is that sense of relinquishing some of your control to the student. I think actually that can be quite scary. Yeah, there is an element of uncertainty in terms of how the students are going to react to that. Um, but I think like Sally Brown always used to say, you've got to scare yourself a little bit every day. And I think that 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 would be the challenge is to scare yourself a little bit by uh, allowing the students to have a little bit more say over their own assessment. You yeah. know, you don't have to completely relinquish it all, you know, but I think just giving them some ability to be able to influence you in your assessment. So not feeling like you've got to always be this, you know, sort of assessor that's made out of diamonds or concrete that has to always get everything right. There's always an element of subjectivity, uncertainty, and actually to allow the students into that space to to point something out that you might have missed and to admit that you're not this assessment machine that's perfect. I think that is quite scary, but I think that the rewards, I think, were, uh, would make it worthwhile. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you ever so much, Ian, for joining me today on the CLT podcast. And thank you for sharing some of the amazing work that you're doing uh, around assessment and negotiated assessments within your course. OK, no problem. Thanks very much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. listen to more in our podcast series click on the subscribe button and to keep up to date with the center for learning and teaching at leeds beckett university follow us on twitter at leeds beckett clt thank you for tuning in